Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast. Today with another interview from an artist at the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival. Enjoy. And I'm joined on the line by Bryce Ives uh, from Present Tense, uh, who are bringing a show to the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival, uh, a rather interesting show that's going to play in, out and around the um, old Adelaide jail. Um, how are you doing, Bryce? I'm doing well, and we've just actually been in and out of rehearsals all day, so sort of imagining the jail space and, and thinking about how we're actually going to uh, use and involve and consume such an evocative and full-on place. Mm-hmm. And have you have you seen the jail yet? Look, we have. We've actually... Um, we came across in December and, and came across in November. This is a show that we did... Um, last year in Melbourne at Donkey Wheel House. And Donkey Wheel House is sort of this labyrinth-like um, basement space in Melbourne with all these sort of rooms and, and corridors. And the jail has some similar qualities to Donkey Wheel House. But as you can imagine, an entirely different history and like an entirely different aesthetic. Mm. And um, so we're embracing that in this production and sort of... You know, our work is as much about, um, you know, creating something in, in tandem with the space and the architecture um, as anything else. So, like, you know, we're not, we never try to force um, our theatre work onto a space or impose it into a space. You know, we don't, you know, we don't bring in curtains or um, obvious theatre lights or things like that. We actually try to create a work that's in response to the place where we are. Mm-hmm. And so the jail offers a pretty um, exciting and enthralling type of place to make theatre, really. So we're, we're, we're pretty excited about it. And it's got a really amazing inbuilt um, atmosphere, because I know that I've been, when I was at high school, I went on a tour through the jail, um, and just kind of hearing some of the stories and just feeling it's got this really, really sick atmosphere. You just walk through it and, you know, it's, it's not a pleasant place to be sometimes. Look, it, it has a full-on history. You know, and um, that that sort of is part of why we've chosen the jail. Um, I'm not I'm not a big believer in ghosts. Um, I've got to admit that. Mm. But uh, a lot of people who do believe in ghosts uh, think the place is haunted. I'm trying not to bring that up too often in rehearsals because, as you can imagine, um, actresses and uh, superstition theatre. Um, is quite a lethal mix, so yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're keeping away from that one. But yeah. um, look, the, the place has this. You're right. The place has this amazing energy. Yeah, and it's got it's um, you know, it's got a lot of dead bodies in it. Um, a lot of the people that were hanged in the jail are buried there. They never got to leave. Um, and I know I think the last woman, the last person hanged in South Australia, uh, the last person, the last woman, uh, Elizabeth Walcock has her cell still there all set up and um, yeah so there's all sorts of presences around that place and a number of murders and all sorts of horrible things committed uh, over the history of the old Adelaide jail and yeah um, and look it's sort of, it's sort of also interesting because the resonances of the past are everywhere you know like mm. uh, the building the majority of this performance will happen in closed down in 1988 or 1989 um, and we've got access to the whole building, and so we've actually walked into like one of the old staff room areas. And uh, believe it or not, like the last roster is still up on the wall. You know, it's 
kind of this amazing living, breathing um, museum. And, mm. and you're right, also, like, there are um, the, the people who were executed um, and hanged in the, in the jail uh, have been buried there as well. So, you know, it's like it is a significant place. Mm. And, like, for, for me going there, and we'll get onto the show in a minute, um, but for, for me going to the Adelaide jail, I've also been to the Old Melbourne jail and you know i almost found old melbourne jail to be a bit of a disappointment after the adelaide jail because adelaide jail is just so raw it looks like you know all the inmates have gone out for a day and you get to go in and look around where they where they live whereas the melbourne jail is full of exhibits and there's almost been sanitized to a point where you don't i don't you don't feel the fear as much in the melbourne jail whether it's a fear of just prisoners and prison that prison environment or whether it's ghost fear whatever it is but uh, you know there's there's something palpably eerie and freaky about going to a place that is so fresh, I suppose? I, I think you're right. And I also think that maybe it's got something to do with uh, how long it was in operation for. Mm. But in fact, you know, most jails seem to have lifespans of about 40 to 50 years, I mean, including that old Melbourne jail, you know, sort of uh, a lifespan that, uh, you know, has, a, has an end point. Mm. But the old Adelaide jail... Um, was standing there from the 1840s and uh, up till 1989 still had inmates uh, inside the jail. And so it's actually only recently that it, it stopped being a functioning jail space. Mm. And you're right, you kind of... Um, look, there, there is something in the air... Um, I, I think it's I think it's the perfect electricity for theatre, but I can also see I can see the other kind of feelings and suggestions towards you know a presence or whatever else. Like there is there is definitely there is something about the place. Yeah, and uh, you know suitably the this show that you're presenting in there um, has a bit of a dark element to it. Um, the show, uh, yeah. Sun de Catacombs, uh, is uh, I guess talking about three murder women. And uh, telling their stories. What can what can you expand on? I suppose in in talking about what this show is. Look, the I guess the kernel, the, the sort of the the main idea came about two years ago. Anna Bullock, who's the initiator and creator of this project, alongside uh, with myself, uh, she came to me and said, "I want to do a ten minute cabaret. I've been watching um, this documentary about Jack the Ripper, um, and I'm amazed." The women that he murdered, none of them are remembered. You know, we don't actually know what their names are. They're sort of, um, they're forgotten. Mm. And I thought this was a pretty interesting idea, like, for a number of reasons. One, how we glorify the murderers. But, uh, you know, also, what would it be like to have been, you know, uh, brutally killed and then to be conscious of that and to know that you're forgotten, you know, that your name doesn't even resonate? Um, and that your story sort of fades over time and becomes, you know, something else, becomes folklore, becomes mythology, becomes a museum piece. Mm. So, I mean, look, it was, I guess that there's something quite abstract about that notion, but also um, something that's, you know, that sort of taps into the imagination and into the space of, of possibilities. So we started exploring this as an idea and we developed a 10 minutes um, performance, the short and sweet cabaret, and in that performance, a courtesan who had been dismembered by a, a former lover uh, 
told her story and sang some songs. And that 10-minute um, cabaret actually won the Short and Sweet Cabaret Festival in 2010. And from that, we decided we'd develop it up into a, a full, out-long production. Now, um, the interesting twist or turn to this was um, suddenly three other characters emerged in... in Oh, two other characters emerged in quick succession, uh, a surgeon and a showgirl. And so suddenly we had these three female characters who, if you like, are sort of wandering up and down the corridors of the catacombs, mm. remembering and forgetting um, moments from both their, you know, from both their life, but also from their death as well. And... The experience in Melbourne, the production that ended up playing in Donkey Wheel House, uh, you know, some people described it like walking through a dream or a dreamlike mm. space. Um, there are moments in the show where we don't use language, where we just use music. There are moments when there are monologues, where songs are reimagined, um, you know, and you do go on this sort of journey with the characters. Um, but the, the central thing is these three women, uh, and we find out bits and pieces about their story as we travel through um, spaces. So it's look, we're kind of um, as a group of artists, and there are there are now twelve of us who are working on this show. So as you can imagine, for a fringe festival show, it's actually um, quite a significant amount of artists to be yeah. taking across. Where look where sort of exploring um, as much the process as we are the performance. So it's, it's a work that's in constant development. And, um, you know, we have a very particular interest in this, in this production in music. So um, Anna Bullock, who is the courtesan in the production, is also a harpist. And so there are moments on the show that are on the harp. Uh, Nate Jilks, our, our music director, um, accompanies on piano, on violin, and we've also got uh, the Twox, Annie and Mark from the Twox, this incredible art pop duo band from Melbourne, who uh, provide electric violin during the performance and looping and sounds that are just out of this world, you know. So uh, music is a major component in the work. Mm. Um, and often, like, we reimagine songs in ways that, um, you might not expect, you know, there's, there is a moment in the show, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a moment where uh, the girls perform a Dr. Dre hip-hop number. Um, and it's in a way that you, you would never have heard Dr. Dre at all before, like. Mm. So it's sort of, you know. Um, and then you know, songs are sort of, uh, songs are reimagined, genres are are used and, and then abused or, or as shifted. And we're really interested in taking the audience on a journey, you know. And, and I guess for me, like, how we got to this point, um, I was as a theatre director over a number of years starting to get very um, tired of the theatre I was seeing and the theatre that I was directing, to be quite mm. frank. Um, because, you know, we would turn up to this theatre space, we'd sit down and we'd face the stage have our backs to each other as audience members, and we would watch what happens in front of us. And sometimes yeah. I'd feel something, and sometimes I would, I would feel nothing. And in my own directing work, I was mostly feeling nothing, to be really honest. Mm. Um, 
And then I started thinking about, you know, when, when, do, I, when do I feel things? And it's sort of like when I'm on my feet, when I'm moving around, um, you know, like I, I haven't seen some good site-specific work as well, thinking about, you know, how space and, and time and, and story can sometimes meet and um, inspire or provoke things that I don't often feel in a traditional theatre environment. Mm. So, you know, this, this work is sort of a collaboration of all of those ideas. And I say that, but we, the audience is central to it for us. It's not, a, it's not an abstract piece of art. It's not um, a performance art project or an installation. It is a story. It, mm. is, a, it is a theatre performance. Um, and we, you know, our endeavour is to uh, to bring the audience into uh, an inspiring, provocative, um, and sometimes comfortable and sometimes uncomfortable place. But you know, one where by the end of the night they feel fulfilled by what they've experienced. So, mm. look, I mean, that's pretty ambitious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, you know, we want everything, but um, we, we've, you know, we're quite dedicated to this as well and to our, our vision for this work. Yeah, and you say there's going to be 12 of you coming over to the to the Adelaide Fringe. Um, you know, sort of pulling on, I guess, cabaret themes as well as, you know, you're saying a lot of different genres um, coming in to be part of the show. Um, what kind of audiences are you expecting in to come and see? Is it an adult well, show? Look- it's definitely an adult show. We definitely there are swear words, and you know, there are, um, you know, it is a it is, does require a sort of mature perspective to 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 be part of the work. Um, one of the things which I really enjoy about this now is we struggle to classify the work because it did start as a cabaret, mm-hmm. um, and it does have elements of cabaret in it because. You know, songs are reimagined in the show, and and that is that is one part of the formula. And it is a site-specific theatre work as well, and there, there is a narrative. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've been calling it an immersive macabre musical. I don't, I, I don't think that at all necessarily describes it. And I, I'm sure other people in the collaboration call it different things. Mm. Um, I actually like it was sort of funny because I caught up with a, a, a non-theatre friend recently and. That he was sort of recounting the experience of seeing the show in Melbourne, and he just said, "You know, it was just a really bloody good night, and interesting shit happened." And um, nice. I reckon that. I, I think that's probably a good way of describing it. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, but who who might come? Look, I really think um, if you have an interesting uh, if you have an interesting theatre in five specific places. Um, and particularly theatre that sort of brings together the body, the voice, uh, space, and narrative. Uh, this would be a work that's well worth a visit to. Um, and, you know, if you're sort of also interested in, in collaborations in theatre that are happening in um, unique or um, new sorts of ways, this is also a work that you might be interested in seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, um, in... The Melbourne season, we we had a lot of people from, you know, sort of um, arts colleges and, um, you know, drama school backgrounds coming to see the work. But as the season progressed, more and more, also just having people who were fascinated enough by the premise of the work to, uh, you know, brave coming along to something that is 
you know, a bit different. Mm. And um, we had a very strong response from that Melbourne work. So I think that, you know, if, if people are uh, willing to take a, a bit of a punt, a bit of a risk, mm-hmm. and come along to the old jail, um, I think it'll be worth, I think it'll be worth, it'll, it'll be worth their while. Awesome. Nave, you're only here for a few days. You're here from uh, the 22nd of February through the 29th. Um, but there yeah. are lots of shows. You're doing a number of shows each night. So for all the details of uh, times, check out our website, linkadelaide.com.au or visit adelaidefringe.com.au. Um, to me, the show is kind of reminding me of an Adelaide uh, Festival of Arts show, uh, Don't Look Back, which was brought to Adelaide by uh, Dream Think Speak, uh, who were an international yeah. company that took over the Treasury Building and just did this amazing immersive experience where you kind of experienced the myth of Orpheus um, and it was you know, my favourite event of 2010. Um, it's, this feels like it might be something similar, an absolutely kind of amazing event. Event. Um, Sean to Catacombs at the Old Adelaide Jail. Um, Bryce Ives, thank you very much for your time. And as I said, people can grab all the details at linkadelaide.com.au. Thanks. For more on this show and 922 others, check our website, linkadelaide.com.au, or you can find them all at adelaidefringe.com.au. And for the latest news and info from Link Adelaide, be sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Link Adelaide.